It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. Great pleasure to be with you, as always. Join us during the week on Fox Business. The name of the show is Kudlow, 4 to 5 p.m. Great stuff. If you can't get us at 4, get yourself your favorite 9-year-old who will DVD the show for you. You'll never have to miss a thing. Now, let's do some stock market work. So stocks fell again for the week. I don't know. It's the fourth or fifth weekly decline. But the the market hasn't crashed. It's just going through some kind of corrective medicine. Let's see. The Dow Jones was down 671 points. The NASDAQ off 470. The S&P 500 off 125. It is interesting to me. I'm going to highlight this for our two guests. So oil's at 109. Oil actually fell uh, a couple of bucks during the course of the week. But um, commodity prices continue to rise. The dollar is strong and stable against other currencies, but the dollar is losing its value very badly against commodities and gold. But the interesting in the market, in the Treasury market, the five-year break-evens, the CPI break-evens, all the way up to 3.62%. That's a forward, a forward measure of future inflation for five years, 362 The Fed's target is 2%. We'll probably not see it again in my lifetime. Anyway, let us go to our guest. Jack Berugian is here, founder and chief economist for UCX, chairman of the Global Smart Commodity Group, and Jim LeCamp, senior VP investments at Morgan Stanley. Gentlemen, thank you very, very much. Gentlemen, I'm just going to throw this out to you, that this inflation, which is – CPI inflation is 6.9 percent. Underlying inflation, you know, if you take out the, the highs and the lows, you look at the Cleveland Fed median or the Dallas Fed median, inflation is at least 6 percent, and uh, consumer prices are 8. Neither has peaked. I'm going to say to you, this story will not end well for the economy. That's my point. It will not end well. High inflations never end well, and by that I mean there's a recession out there someplace that will damage stocks and will damage unemployment and will damage average working folks, okay? When, I don't know, not smart enough to know how to play this as an investor, I'm going to leave it to you guys. But that's my point. I am very, very fearful right now that this will not end well. So why don't you kick us off, Jack Perugian? What you thinking? Well, you're right, Larry. It's not going to end well. In fact, I would argue that we've already seen the beginning of this, this entire problem, uh, this balloon, as it were, uh, starting to deflate. You know, look, all the tailwinds that we've seen over the course of the last few years have become headwinds all of a sudden. You've had a Fed now tightening. Right? They were they were they were dishing out cash left and right and printing up money like like drunken sailors before. Uh, you've got multiple contractions primarily because of that. 
We've got earnings contraction because now we've got a global addressable audience that's getting smaller by the day. And, and quite frankly, you know, one of the things that concerns me most of all is what's happening, uh, you know, overseas. We've got, we've got a lack of leadership in D.C., both on an international level and on the domestic level. All of that is being factored into the market as we speak. You know, you were talking about commodity inflation. There are really two different stories that are taking place there. You know, if you look at certain commodities, you look at copper, for example, look at coffee or sugar. These are, these are commodities that don't worry about uh, fertilizer. They don't have those same needs. They've come off 10, 15 percent already from their highs. It's the, it's the corns, it's the soybeans that are now pricing in that dependency, that supply chain uh, disruption for potash and everything called coming out of uh, either Belarus or, or out of Ukraine that's going to affect us. Wheat, which is a direct result of what's going on over there. All of that uh, is really becoming a, a bifurcated story within the commodity markets when you break it down. And, and it's really simple when you, when you look at it uh, because, quite frankly, you see that overproduction is there. It's a question of when it'll hit the markets, and that's one of the reasons we still have a lot of backwardation in a lot of these commodity market pricing. Mm. That's an interesting point, backwardization. You know, Jack, if they ever change their fossil fuel policies in the Biden administration, you'd get even deeper backwardization, and that would well, yeah, trend towards the spot it's, market. It's, it's amazing, Larry. We had it just a couple of years ago, and it's not only that. I mean, look at look. If they were announced, if they would announce that every Russian military leader was subject to a war crimes tribunal, they would actually get something started over there and put a little seed in some of these guys' heads. Not only that, but we would actually show our Chinese friends what the civilized world is capable of doing. I mean, these are the things that need to be coming out of D.C. That, of course, and you know, look, there was a time where we did everything for the war effort back in the 40s and 50s. Yeah, I mean, think about it. And now what we are doing is we're giving money to our enemies. That is the most insane thing I have ever heard in my 60 years of existence. That is insanity to me. Jim McCamp, what are you thinking? <laughs> well, in terms of the market, uh, just when we were ushering uh, COVID out the back door, in comes uh, Russia and Ukraine, and then the Federal Reserve Board is out there in the parking lot on their way in. I mean, uh, there's <laughs> there's not a lot to look forward to here. You've got... Like You've that. got uh, all three major averages uh, below their 200-day moving average. The markets are reflecting all the concerns that you guys just expressed. And, and worse, and we're not hearing any discussion about that, but if you look at the consumer savings rate, it has absolutely plummeted. So and it's going to get worse because people are you know, putting more money filling up their cars and even if they have an electric car, natural gas prices are, are so much higher now, it's going to cost them more to fill up their electric car or to recharge their electric car, I should say. So uh, we're not going to get any relief. I, I agree with Jack on food prices. We're not going to get any relief on gasoline prices, uh, home heating prices, and uh, the consumer savings rate is going to continue to uh, deteriorate, and uh, consumer spending ultimately comes from consumer saving, and I think we've got a real problem with stagflation. In fact, I think what we have to hope for is stagflation because uh, outside, if we get worse than stagflation, then it's recession, and I think we are going to get recession, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, maybe we'll just have to deal with stagflation first, uh, and then it'll be re re a recession. Well, isn't that fun? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, hey, but here's the thing, though. There are investment themes you can play, and I'm not telling people to go get fully invested in these areas because they're very, very volatile. But there's a lot of ETFs out there that you can trade on the commodity side. Uh, there's energy stocks that have done pretty pretty darn well. There are places uh, and pockets to hide. The, uh, the base metals have done well. Even even gold and silver, uh, you know, not lockstep, but they've, they've traded higher. And and so there are some places to both hedge and put and deploy capital, but I certainly wouldn't take uh, an entire portfolio and load it up with these things. They're too volatile, and at any point you could see a 10, 15 percent correction in those just because of the moves that they've made. So energy, I'm looking at the S&P sectors, the main sector. Year-to-date, energy is plus 37 percent. Everything else is underwater. Utilities off 2%, materials commodities off 10, financials off 7, industrials off 8, consumer discretionary off 18, healthcare minus 9, telecom minus 18, infotech minus 17, even consumer staples are down uh, 7.5%. I mean, the thing is, Jack Bruggen, when you look at the macro picture, there are still quite a few stimulative areas. In other words, uh, the, uh, the inflation rise is profoundly restrictive because of the future consequences. And as Jim McCamp said, the Fed is in the parking lot ready to come inside. On the other hand, uh, money supply growth is still very rapid, double digits, about 14 percent year on year. Um, government spending, we just had this $1.5 trillion bill. Um, you know, that's more sp stimulative. It's deficit spending. There's no financing. In fact, the only financing of that is, um, is going to be the Fed's money creation. So you've got stimulus. Um, profits are very strong, at least through the fourth quarter into the first quarter. Now, we don't know a lot about first quarter profits, I'll grant you that, but nonetheless, they have been quite strong. Uh, wages are rising, uh, jobs are rising nicely, they're recovering jobs, they're not new jobs. We're still a couple million jobs short of the pre-pandemic, but people are coming back to work. Unfortunately, the value of those wages uh, is turning negative because of the inflation problem. So, you, you know, you've, you've got pluses and minuses, but it's still a fairly stimulative economy, Jack Bruges. Well, you know, something about the stock market, Larry, that we've all learned, the three of us that are on this call right now that know for a fact, is that it's very smart. It's very efficient. Mm. Everything that you said was priced into this market over the course of the last, say, six months. Mm. It's really a question of what we see from here on out and, and what we expect in another six to nine months that's really going to dictate where these prices go. You know, and, and, and going back to something that Jim said earlier, he said something about how, you know, stagflation might be our best scenario. He, he's right in some cases, because the alternative to that, Larry, and think about this, is Japan in the 1990s, where we see a disinflationary spiral take place and we end up with zombie banks. I you better be careful talking about that. I talked about that last time and Larry spanked me. <laughs> Well, I, I tell you, you know um, what? It he's is, walking it is the plank. I saw, I saw it happen firsthand as an officer of Nikko Securities back there <laughs> in Japan. I saw it. And it, it feels almost the same way. 
All right, not exactly the same, but almost the same. And what I would say, that is the scenario we don't want. So, you know, so is there a, a chance of a soft landing? Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe a 5% chance. Sure. I think there's a better chance sure that we're going to end Jack. up in, in some kind of a disruptive landing stage. Yeah, sure there is, Jack. So how many soft landings can you remember? All right. We've none, both been none. in the business. We've all been in the business a long time. We, soft landing, I don't even know how and where that term came about. There's no you know history for that I always, term. I always, call the, I always call the soft landing a landing a 747 on an aircraft carrier. I said, you know what? You know what? There's, there's a one in a million chance you might be able to do it, but you know what? I wouldn't try it. I mean, that's the – now, I don't know if it's imminent. I'm just saying the story ultimately will not end well. Uh, if you're a long-term investor, Jim LeCamp, you probably just stay the course because you're not going to outwit it and you're not going to outtime it. Uh, well, um, right now, they, the big question is where to be if you're going if you're going to stay in the market. And I agree, it's very difficult to time out, time back in at the right time because the time to time back in is going to be when the news is the absolute worst. Mm-hmm. When when the headlines are are absolutely at their death knell, that's going to be your market bottom. So it, it's very difficult psychologically to time back in uh, at the right point unless you're, you, know, you get the perfect signal from the volatility index and a perfect reversal and uh, heavy volume. Uh, you might get some clues, but they aren't going to be perfect. So, yeah. But the question is where to go mm-hmm. um, because technology has been hit the worst. And technology has benefited from our 40-year-long rally in the bond market. Uh, and even though technology has been decimated, the valuations, you, you can't argue that they're compelling. You can't argue that they're cheap. So I think what you do as an investor is you focus on if you're going to have technology, uh, and I think you should, uh, the absolute leaders that are going to benefit from the current environment, some of the uh, main semiconductor companies. I think you mix in, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, some of the agricultural commodity-related areas and uh, keep some energy in the portfolio as well. Um, in, in terms of the banks and the industrials, uh, they've had a nice run. I just don't know that Wall Street hasn't Bake the cake in financials for six, seven rate hikes, and I don't think we're going to get six, seven rate hikes. So I, I'm yeah, just we, wondering yeah, we are. if financials have overly priced in how many rate hikes we're actually going to get. They're going to, they're going to be forced to be much more aggressive, guys. Trust me on this. The Fed's going to start slow because they're they're in the same kind of denial about inflation that Biden's in. And, of course, the Fed's now the Biden Fed. I mean, even if this crazy woman, Sarah Bloom Raskin, she may, they may have to pull her nomination because um, she's just such an extremist and she wants to deny credit to, uh, to fossil fuel companies. And also she still won't fess up about how she got this fintech company, Colorado, on the Fed wire. So Pat Toomey's uh, got, uh, got her on a stranglehold. Her not. But still, the rest of them are all climate people. They, they're, they're all kind of leaning towards modern monetary theory. But when these numbers keep rolling in month after month, and there's no sign inflation's going south, even Janet Yellen, okay, who a month or two ago ruined her reputation 
by saying inflation would be 2% by the end of the year, right? She was legalizing marijuana and smoking it up. She now has pulled back. She's pulled back. She she had to uh, she had to disagree with Madam Saki. Was it yesterday? The day before? Saki says this thing's going to be over. It's going to be temporary. <laughs> Yellen finally comes out and says, "No, it's not." All right. So there's a dose of realism there, Jack Bruzian. Let's take a break. I'm going to take a break and bring you guys back. We'll have a little more time after this uh, to have some great fun about. Um, about Jim LeCamp's uh, soft landing scenario. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're here with Jack Perugia, and we're here with Jim LeCamp, and we'll take a quick break and come right back. I'm Kudlow. Stay. This is The Larry Kudlow Show. Now, back to The Larry Kudlow Show. We're talking to Jack Perugian, founder and chief economist for UCX, chairman of the Global Smart Commodity Group, and Jim LeCamp, senior VP investments at Morgan Stanley. Um, Jack, real quick, uh, the yield curve story, I, I know twos to tens, twos are 174, tens are 199, so that's pretty tight. But, you know, the economic model that was pioneered, I, I can't remember the fellow, he used to be at the New York Fed, he's now a professor at RPI University. Um, that was really the three-month T-bill and the 10-year note. And that's still a pretty wide spread. So I can't call that an, uh, a recession indicator. No, not yet. But, but pay attention to it. I think what you're doing is you're paying attention to the right, to the right spreads. Uh, you know, that, that three-month spread to the 10-year is important. But that 2 to 10, Larry, if that should invert, and, and I think we've all got to agree, uh, it's going to send a strong signal to the rest of the market. Mm-hmm. And if indeed you're right and the Fed has got to be more aggressive than, than the market thinks, that's going to be disruptive for equity prices. I think we know that. Right. Uh, so all of that has got to be factored into our economic decisions here over the course of the next six months to eight months. And Jim McCamp, another question briefly. You know, I was talking to General Keene earlier in the show, and I'm not going to say he didn't say the Russians are losing, but he did say, you know, and he has great military knowledge and so forth, the Russians have done so badly. The Red Army is so bad. They are not going to be able to take Kiev, and they're not going to be able to take all of Ukraine. So it's not exactly that they've lost, but in fact the Russians may lose Ukraine in the, in the eyes of the world. Now, is that a stock market event? Well, uh, first of all, I think you're right, and it goes to show you uh, what a government that has uh, had decades of corruption, uh, it goes to show you what happens. Um, they're, they're unprepared. Uh, they don't have apparently good leadership. And the mere fact that they're using terror-like techniques, hitting a maternity ward, hitting um, you know, a home for the elderly, uh, those, those are the kind of techniques that terrorists use. And, um, and and insinuating that they could use chemical weapons and other things like that shows you that they don't feel like they're in control of the situation. Mm-hmm. And does it – I don't necessarily think it's a stock market event because I don't think there will be an all-clear sign. Uh, I think it's going to be more like a, a Vietnam unless there is a real and serious agreement uh, that allows them to – uh, de, uh, de-escalate this thing and get out of there elegantly. And I, I can't, in my mind, I can't get there. No, that's right. Um, I, You're right about that. You're absolutely right about that. 
it's 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 a defeat in the sense that they couldn't win and that right. they miscalculated and the world now knows how bad the red army is but you you're, you're right there's there's no clarity to it by the way the sanctions will remain in place for a long time whatever you think of them and whatever their impact is the sanctions are going to be in place for a long time all right gentlemen a uh, lot of stuff appreciate it very much jack berusian and jim lecamp hope you both come back soon Folks, I'm Cudlow. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to do some money in politics on the other side of the break with Liz Peek and Steve Moore. We'll be right back. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. 